G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Millions around the world have been moved by the news of the death of the great evangelist. Uh, Yesterday was the start of a lot of tributes uh, that will no doubt continue through the coming week. Why is that? Because Billy Graham's body is going to lie in honour. I think that's the new terminology for lying in state in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda next week. Uh, The first time a private citizen has been accorded such recognition since civil rights hero Rosa Parks back in 2005. Now, the two-day viewing in Washington uh, on February the 28th and March the 1st is going to be part of nine days of mourning for the man who is arguably the world's most famous evangelist who died yesterday at his home in North Carolina's mountains at aged 99. Now, he was known as America's pastor, and funeral arrangements are advanced in their planning. He'll be laid to rest on March the 2nd at the foot of a cross-shaped walkway at the worldwide headquarters of his uh, headquarters there in Charlotte. Uh, He'll be buried in a simple prison-made plywood coffin next to his wife, Ruth, who died in 2007. His tombstone is going to read... Preacher of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's talk about Billy Graham with our special Culture Watch guest for each Friday, Bill Muhlenberg, who's back with us. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, this is a significant uh, time to remember Billy Graham. Uh, Yesterday, uh, you no doubt had your own uh, thoughts and feelings when that news came through. Uh, What were you feeling when you heard the news he'd died? Yes, well, there's no question. Uh, The influence and the impact that he had, uh, I have indeed written about him uh, a number of times on my own website, and I probably still need to do yet another piece. But uh, over 20 years ago, he uh, released his own autobiography, and even back then, Uh, we could sing his praises and say things about him that were true of nobody else. Uh, The number of people he spoke to, uh, his uh, policies to be uh, a person of integrity and a ministry of integrity. So uh, pretty much all of his life, he really set a good example of what Christian ministry should be all about. So he didn't quite make it to 100, but close, and uh, he will be missed, and we need... uh, more champs like him. Well, his body is going to be held in honour. I imagine that means uh, that people will be able to walk past and see an open coffin and see the body of Billy Graham. Uh, That sort of honour isn't afforded to just anyone. Uh, It does illustrate the level at which uh, he has been elevated in the hearts and minds of people in the US, Bill. Well, as you said, he was known as America's pastor, and he not only was known by you know ordinary people, but he had uh, 
in fact, close relationships with uh, most American presidents over the last 50 years. Uh, you know, not just a buddy relationship, but a kind of a spiritual one in which he counseled and prayed for and helped uh, so many uh, U.S. presidents over the years. So he certainly uh, deserves the honor and recognition he's now giving. He's had such an important role to play, uh, not just in America, but of course uh, all around the world. We can speak of his uh, times in Australia. He spoke in so many other countries. So he certainly would be one who would uh, deserve such a funeral. And while he was not a politician, I imagine that there will be those who will elevate his status to that of, in some sense, a world leader. And when we talk about leaders who have that statesman-like capacity to reach across barriers, to reach across international multicultural barriers, there is a sense here, Bill, in which you could, in fact, make an assessment that there is a bit of a void of the sort of integrity that we have been able to see in Billy Graham in other leaders. What are your thoughts about the sort of legacy that comes and what we can talk about uh, having uh, now experienced that uh, news that he's died? This integrity of this man, uh, it does set, a, set the bar high, doesn't it? Well, it does, uh, both for Christians and Christian ministries, but leaders of any sort, of course, right now, Australia, as you know, is going through its own uh, issue with a politician and issues of integrity, and that's making headlines even in America as we speak. So it's interesting to look at the life of Graham and his team. Uh, way back, in fact, in 1948, uh, his team set up a number of resolutions that would guide their work. Uh, a few of them can be mentioned briefly. One, they uh, said they would always be fully open and accountable about finances. Now, how important is that? How many ministries have been brought down by not being accountable with finance? Uh, another one, uh, which is also as important, is there would be no hint of sexual immorality. Uh, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence was made fun of when he said he wouldn't have a meal with any woman except his wife in public, and that was modeled straight after what Billy Graham did. didn't matter if it was Hillary Clinton or anyone else. He wouldn't have a private meeting with them in his own room. It would only be fully public to avoid any sexual misconduct. That, too, is something we certainly need. Then, of course, other things, the willingness to work with all other groups. And uh, you mentioned Martin Luther King. He early on had... Uh, him is part of some of his crusades, so uh, interracial work. And finally, they were always honest about numbers, uh, not trying to make up, you know, the number of converts and so on. So in so many ways, he was a man of integrity, as was his whole team. And uh, we can certainly learn a lot from him in that regard. Bill, undoubtedly, he would have been part of the planning for his own funeral. Uh, because uh, people have been anticipating that he's going to die for a long time. In fact, uh, yesterday I had uh, evangelist Bill Newman on the program uh, saying that uh, they had a set of pallbearers uh, who were all ready to, you know, to do the funeral for Billy Graham, and then uh, he'd out actually, actually outlived most of those and into a second generation of pallbearers. So it's actually quite amusing. But uh, there is something that I suspect he must have had a hand in, and uh, and uh, to mention. Uh, that the coffin that 
uh, he'll be buried in was built by inmates at a prison, and uh, it'll be a fairly uh, stark, uh, plain pine box. And uh, there is something in the statement of humility that we're going to see when the funeral happens. Yeah, well, that's right. And he tried to live that sort of life uh, throughout. I mean, he was born into fairly humble uh, circumstances in uh, rural uh, Virginia and um, didn't, uh, you know, look at fame and fortune as anything that he would... uh, go after so uh the uh, end if you will of his life pretty much matches uh the rest of his life he was not into the money he was not into all the you know razzmatazz but simply to do one thing and that was to preach the gospel and uh you may be uh, like me i still bump into people who either themselves were saved at a billy graham uh, crusade in australia or at least their parents were um, thinking here in uh, Melbourne, right when he had the Melbourne Cricket Ground had a uh, 1959, I think it was packed out over a hundred thousand. I think 140,000 people actually crammed the stadium. So um, he did things nobody else did. He spoke to more people than anybody else up until then. Uh, certainly about the gospel, we. Uh, uh, have others like Whitfield who spoke to big crowds, but of course, with the aid of technology, Billy Graham could do so much more. But in so many ways, uh, he's uh, a man to be remembered, and rightly so. Bill, let me ask you a deeper question about just what this message of the gospel mm. means by way of empowering a nation. I picked up one comment. Uh, that was written suggesting that America did not make an easy distinction between the freedom offered in Christ and the political freedom offered in their nation. When we talk about this message of freedom, uh, liberation, that uh, this freedom from sin, and sometimes we talk about that word redemption, it's got that imagery of being uh, loosed from chains. Uh, freedom that comes in Christ and the freedom of a nation. What are your thoughts on the depth of the message and the meaning of the gospel as it might be very important for us in coming days uh, as we face some questions about freedom here in Australia? Yeah, well, certainly the the two are connected. Um, the uh, freedom we have in Christ is the basis of all other freedoms. If we're not free internally, it's hard to run a nation externally. You just have more and more laws, in fact. Uh, and you see this in the history of revival, when great awakenings uh, break out. Uh, people get saved, they're freed up in Christ, crime rates go down, police run out of work to do. Uh, you know, you see this actually happening in history, but the opposite is true as well. When we turn against God, we uh, don't know how to say no to our passions and our sins. We do more evil, uh, more laws are needed to be set up, less freedom as a result happens. So there certainly is this connection all the way through, and that's why... The gospel has always got to be a part of a nation's hope. In fact, many, if not most of the uh, founders of America said that quite plainly, that the gospel, uh, Christian morality, had to be the basis of the new nation. Otherwise, it wouldn't long last, and uh, they were absolutely right to say that. 
Uh, let me ask you another uh, deeper question, and it comes to language. As another issue that I picked up in some commentary about Billy Graham, uh, the idea that he, with those long relationship associations with those U.S. presidents, uh, helped to contribute to the sort of language that presidents used to, in, in fact, advance the way that people thought about their own freedom. Uh, biblical themes like uh, the exodus or sin or chosenness and the word redemption, a part of the American vernacular and associated with freedom, and yet those have a biblical foundation. What are your thoughts about the language and the uh, the influence that Billy Graham had, but also the language that perhaps we need to be promoting today? Well, again, there's no question he did have that impact on presidents and the nation. Uh, obviously, some presidents he would have had a closer and more spiritual relationship with than others. Uh, some of the more conservative ones, like Reagan and so on, would have benefited greatly. Some of the more uh, uh, leftist Democrat ones, perhaps not as much, but certainly... Um, uh, not just Graham himself, but of course the whole Christian culture, you know, we even America's founding, we speak about a nation uh, set up on a hill and a light to the nations. That's all language, of course, straight out of the Bible, often the Old Testament, so even the founding of the nation was very much based on biblical Christianity, and people like B Billy Graham, of course, reminded the nation of that greatness and if we lose that uh, original spiritual base uh we're going to be in trouble so all billy graham in some senses was doing was calling the nation back to its roots calling it back to god and realizing that the end the only thing that's going to make a great nation is a great people and that in turn depends on having a relationship with a great god so he had the right mix and sadly, we're missing that. Uh, like I say, 140 odd thousand, 1959 Melbourne. Uh, not sure if we could get a crowd like that today in Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne or anywhere. Uh, mind you, uh, African Asian nations—they're they're still doing great crowds with evangelists. But the West—we've uh, moved uh, pretty far away from some of our roots. And, uh, well, we need more Billy Grahams at this time instead of less. Well, Bill, uh, reflect for a moment uh, just in closing our conversation about Australians, as you say, uh, huge crowds uh, that were attracted to those Billy Graham crusades back to 1959. I think it was 1968. He was here in the 70s, uh, too, for uh, smaller gatherings. But... Uh, so many Australians affected, so many who were touched even uh, went forward in those altar calls in those days. Some of the leaders of our nation today and uh, those who've been over the past 50 years. Over this next week, Bill, uh, the encouragement for Australians to take seriously some of these issues of his legacy because uh, they're not old hat issues, are they? They're very current and some of these need to be revived. Yeah, well, it's the same old... Uh so, same old story, the same old gospel. Uh, people are sinners. We need to get right with God. Uh, that message never changed uh, with Billy Graham. It was the same old, you know, you might say a simple gospel, but it's the very thing we all need to hear that had a huge impact in the 50s and 60s in Australia when people like Billy Graham came here, packed out our uh, arenas and our sports stadiums but today like we say 
uh, hard to imagine we could get the same kind of numbers. So, you know, why the difference and how can we reinvigorate uh, a now very secular and, you know, very hardened nation like Australia? So, you know, we have people like his son, Franklin, doing, uh, he's been out here holding crusades. Uh, obviously, plenty of churches and others seeking for revival in Australia, but the message and the means, the life of integrity that Billy Graham lived, that will always serve as a model for any of us who seek either to renew Australia or the world we live in. So, um, a uh, good day to remember what the gospel is all about and what a good and faithful presentation of the gospel looks like. And we'll be talking more about Billy Graham uh, over the coming days into next week, a significant time ahead. Bill Muhlenberg, uh, always so good getting your insights into things that are happening, shaping uh, the way we think about culture and, of course, reference to the current events that we face in Australia and in our context in the whole world. But Bill Muhlenberg, always appreciate your comments. I'll point people to the BillMuhlenberg.com website uh, or just simply Google Culture Watch. Bill, thanks for being with us again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.